Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There are moments in our life when we are shaped through adversity and challenge. We're propelled through turbulent change and presented with an opportunity to take wings and soar from a dark place to one of light. I'm Leslie Salem, founder of Over the Bloody Moon, on a mission to take the muddle out of menopause. In our podcast, we meet women from all walks of life and experience to share their tales and tools of positive transformation. Come join us for the flight. Welcome everyone. In today's show we are going to be looking at some of life's lessons picked up along the way by our fabulous health coach advisor Kate Drummond who is founder of The Purposeful Life. Kate's career began in the corporate world, but at just 23 years, she was diagnosed with ME, chronic fatigue. And this left Kate to embark on a journey of self-discovery where she became more connected to her body's needs, which has continued to evolve as she's matured. Kate is here today to share her journey, wisdom and lessons learnt with us. So welcome, lovely to have you, Kate. Thank you, Leslie. It's great to be here. Kate, there are moments in our life that end up really defining us. Tell us about yours. Well, there's there's definitely been many in my life that has defined me. But I would say the three greatest shifts for me have been these. So as you said in the, the intro there, in 1997, I was diagnosed with ME, better known as chronic fatigue syndrome. I was 23. After months of not being able to walk or be awake for longer than an hour at a time, I began to read a lot. So I bought three books, and they were The Monk Who Sold the Ferrari by Robin Sharma, The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho, and You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. These books created such a huge shift for me. And after about 18 months of not functioning very well at all, I began to get strength back and I decided I needed to regain my life and take back control. So I qualified as a personal trainer and sports therapist and studied lifestyle management. So I needed to know and understand what my body needed to be well. So fast forward to 2005 and that was my next shift. So I'd been in a really unhealthy, toxic relationship for about four years. Everything I'd learned about my body and what it needed to be well went completely out of the window. Uh, I did what I needed to stay sane and survive, which included drinking too much. I cut myself off from friends and family as I was ashamed that I was staying in this relationship. I'd always been so strong. And at that time, I felt incredibly weak, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And then I felt pregnant. And when my daughter arrived, I literally rediscovered my strength. It was like this huge surge of power just flowed through me. And it was one of my biggest wake-up calls and greatest gift. Three months later, I packed our bags and we left. And the year is now 2012. 
and my third shift occurred. My life was on track. I'd met my husband. I'd become a stepmom, and I was really happy. I was. I, I felt like I was in a really, really good place. And then, bam! Huge curveball hit. And this one felt like it had been thrown from outer space. Uh, I woke up one morning. I went into the bathroom as normal. I looked in the mirror, and I cried. I had no idea of who was looking back at me. I didn't recognise her. I didn't feel like me and I sat on the floor sobbing for about an hour. I was scared, confused, and I felt incredibly lost. I was 38 and I love roller coasters, <laughs> but this one was no joke. It took four years for the doctors to finally agree that I was perimenopausal and not what they'd previously diagnosed me as being depressed, suffering from rheumatoid arthritis. One doctor even said to me that I was just losing the plot and I was just hormonal. So the relief was incredible. Don't get me wrong, I still had the most awful brain fog. Uh, Post-it notes became a lifelong friend. The joint pain in my hands was so bad, I cried daily. My libido was hidden in the back of the closet somewhere. And I felt tired, so very tired all of the time. What I did next was change my life. I grabbed my journal and I asked the following question. What did I want from life, my life? And it's no surprise, it didn't magically appear, it didn't like come out of nowhere. But over a few weeks, it came to me, I thought, at 102, I want to be able to do what I can do today and more. And I had this and still have this overwhelming desire to live a really long, happy, healthy life. And so it began. Wow, I didn't want to interrupt because it was just such a beautifully eloquent story there but this image I have of you standing in front of the mirror not recognizing yourself was it that instant for me it was overnight I literally went from having a great memory I'd always had a really good memory with with numbers and dates telephone numbers and, and so on I'd been in banking for most of my adult life and was really happy energetic and I literally went to bed feeling really happy and calm and, you know, all is good with the world. Woke up and it is like my world changed overnight. Four years is a very long time. So what did you do? What tools did you do to kind of deal with that kind of adversity? The one thing I, I did, especially to, to leave that relationship, is to know yourself know who you really are. It's much easier to manage your emotions because we're always going to have ups and downs. Our emotions are never going to be, oh, happy, happy every day. But when we know ourselves, it's one of the key tools we can have because we're, we're being true to ourselves. So it's, it gives you that inner strength, that, 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 mm. that power. You're not being swayed. That yeah. makes me think of authenticity. It's a theme that comes up actually time and time again yeah. when women are telling their tales of transformation. There is this emotional space that opens up for us to actually find who we are. It might be the first time that we're actually doing yeah. that. I believe so, yeah. And it is it's exciting. It's scary, like any change, but it's really, really exciting. There's many tools, I think, that we use to get over the, the hard times, and that's definitely one of them. Mm. Any, any others? My toolbox, I think, has grown like most of ours will grow over the years. 
One is, and I love this, it's remember rule number six. It's from a great book. It's called The Art of Possibility by Benjamin Sander. And it's remember the rule number six. Don't take yourself so seriously. When we take ourselves so seriously, we tie ourselves up so tightly, we become this bundle of stress and anxiety and because we're frightened to let go and just have fun and just be ourselves, you know, and be a little bit quirky and off the wall and see obstacles as your diversions. We're always going to come up with a curveball, an obstacle or something like that. It's just guiding us. And I think this is a really good one that I learned because sometimes we feel like we can bang our heads against a brick wall. We're keeping doing the same thing over and over again because we want it to happen. But, you know, when these obstacles come up, they're just diverting and saying, this isn't the right way to go. Go this way, you know, go this way around. So that's always a really good one to get over any sort of tough times. Be positive, happy and kind. Positive mindset changes stuff. Mm, you start to filter, don't you? When one has a gratitude mindset, I think that's really important. And actually sympathetic joy is something I talk about as well. Because if even if you haven't got great stuff going on in your, your life, if you can be joyful for others, then yes. that gives you strength as well, doesn't yes. it? Yeah. There's many times I think we've all been in that situation where we felt really low and we've spoken to someone and they've just really, their positive attitude and their words and what's been going on in their life has just cheered us up and it's reignited that spark, hasn't it? You know, so it's, yeah, absolutely. Let, let's move on to your, your health coaching business, The Purposeful Life. So tell our community a little bit about that and, and also why you think we need purpose in life to thrive. So The Purposeful Life came to me after my third major shift and all the lessons that I'd learned over the years started sort of flooding back to me and I wanted to create this long, happy, healthy, purposeful life. And it was that simple. In, in discovering my why, I discovered my purpose. And my purpose was to pay it forward. It was to, to help other women go on that journey of remembering who they are. We can all feel lost. We can all feel stuck and going through life changes. So it was that simple. It was the purposeful life. That is what I want people to feel and, and see. Why do we need purpose to thrive? Oprah has a really great quote. She says, there's no greater gift than to honour your life's calling. It's why you were born and how you become truly alive. And to me, that encapsulates it. We need purpose to thrive. You know, it's like setting that ultimate goal. Imagine waking up every morning, having that flutter of excitement, knowing that today and every day for the rest of your life, you're going to make a difference in another being's life, whether it's small or huge, whatever it is. You know, and that can be your children's, your partner's, a client, a stranger in the street, through something that is unique to you you're going to just make that difference. And we're all born with that unique gift, that, that talent that will become a service to other, you know, and that's purpose. Yeah, and, and, and actually it can become a little bit messy and muddy when we go through menopause or other moments of change. Yeah. That shift of 
not knowing the roadmap ahead can be really unsettling. Is there a difference between purpose and a goal? I think a goal is something we want to achieve. And purpose is more transcending. A goal is we may want to run the marathon, for example. Your purpose is something that's going to be your legacy. Your purpose is everything that is you, then naturally, without much effort or planning or anything else, can help others, can be a service to others. For me, purpose comes from the heart, whereas for goal, it's a bit more brain. With purpose, it's more tied into our values. It goes back again, doesn't it? Authenticity. Yeah. It doesn't matter when we're going through these huge changes of shift that we don't know what is next. That's fine because if you have a purpose, if you know your values, if you find who you are, your goals will find you. Yes, um, Absolutely. How do we manifest purpose? Your gift is, that is your purpose. Your purpose is your gift. You're born with it. You rediscover this by remembering who you truly are, like what you just said. That's how you begin to manifest it. When we're cluttered with everything that's going on in our minds and we we don't know where to place it, we can't hear it. But when we slowly live authentically, And we're listening to ourselves and we give our space mentally and emotionally to remember who we are. That's when our purpose evolves. Don't push the rock up the hill. It's going to become easier. If it's hard, if it's not moving, it's not supposed to move. People say a lot of the time, oh, we're sent here to test us and all this. Yes, we get tested through life because they're lessons and that's great. That's what makes us stronger. But our purpose will come naturally. I love the saying that what's meant for you will never go past you. It's always going to be there. We just have to find the right time and give ourselves a space to find it. Mm, Yeah, because with the space, it allows for imagination and creativity. And it's knowing what we're talented at. You know, what brings you joy? What aligns to your values? What makes you feel like you? Do that. I want to touch on something that I read on your website, which is about you seeing life as a work in progress. I love being a work in progress. <laughs> and it's great. Personal mastery for me um, is never to be achieved. It's a life's journey. It's the same as saying education finishes when you leave school. It doesn't. We are continuously learning continuously improving. You may have thought that you was a master at making a Victoria sponge, but you know what? You might discover along the line that there's a tweak that makes it even better. There's always that learning. Uh, Confucius said, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. (laughs) Because there is always something to learn. I go back to Matthew McConaughey's 2014 Oscar speech. It's absolutely fantastic. I highly recommend it. It's on YouTube. And there are three things that he says that he needs each day. Uh, One is something to look up to. One is to look forward to. And the other is someone to chase. And he thanks God because that's who he looks up to. 
And he thanks his family, his mother, his wife, his children, because that's who he looks forward to. And then he says, to my hero, that's who I chase. When I was 15 years old, I had a very important person in my life come to me and ask, who's your hero? I said, I thought about it, and it's me in 10 years. So I turned 25, 10 years later, and the same person comes to me and goes, are you a hero? I said, not even close. She said, why? And I said, my hero is me at 35. You see, every day and every week and every month and every year of my life, my hero is always 10 years away. I'm never going to be my hero. I'm not going to obtain that, and that's fine with me because it keeps me with somebody to keep on chasing. And to me, that's achieving personal mastery. I love that. I've got goosebumps. It also taps into how lucky we are now living in an age where we're going to be living longer, how important it is to always keep learning, to always be true to purpose, because that's what keeps us going. If you're always chasing something in a positive way, in a way of developing and growing and being open to new experiences, it's important for our brain health, as well as physically and emotionally. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's our guiding light. And you know, that guiding light comes from within. I think that women, as we're growing up, we're often thinking about serving others and we switch off that voice. So it's such an important moment really when you you connect back to yourself yeah. I know journaling is something yeah. that you're very passionate about I am as well you're writing and publishing your own journal tell us a bit about how the role of journaling helps us on our purpose yeah absolutely well I think journaling for me is it's just so important you know life can go by at the speed of light journaling allows us to be where our feet are to be in the moment and with change and uncertainty, we head into this busy life, our busy days, we can lose that clarity. And our thoughts, ideas, worries, and everything else, when we get them onto paper, it allows us to see there's something that's been going around in our head that we've got no control over. Sometimes when we keep it inside, it, it stays there and it builds. We become very stressed and very anxious. Getting it onto paper, it enables us to find peace and calm. There's a lot of scientific research around journaling. It reduces the stress. It helps us manage our emotions better. It allows us to have a better sleep routine, which, as most menopausal women know, <laughs> that is a gift. <laughs> Dr. Matthew Walker, he's the author of Why We Sleep, uh, and he says, sleep is Mother Nature's best effort to counter death. You know, because we do our healing and our repairing. So um, journaling, yeah, it's, it's a gift. It truly is a gift. Are there some tips that you've got for journaling? For me, and one I would recommend for someone who's just beginning, go with the flow. It doesn't have to have rhyme or reason to anyone else on this planet apart from you. Some days you might feel like writing 10 pages of your thoughts, ideas, worries, gratitude, and everything else. Other days I've written down, I don't know what I want to write today. <laughs> because some days we feel like that. So it's however it works for the individual is the best way to journal. Mm. Don't be forced down something that doesn't feel right. That would be my best tip. 
talk now about giving up alcohol, moving away from meat and going plant-based. These are huge undertakings and one thing to want to do something, but how do I actually put that into practice? And my best advice that I give to everyone is discover what makes you feel good and do that. There's no right way for everyone. Number one tip, when you're choosing to make a change and wanting to stick at it, is to choose something that you're going to enjoy. You're making this decision, so you're doing it for you. Also, it's the words we use. I have to, I should, I must. You know, that's like someone's telling you to. And the words we say to ourselves, as we know, are so important. If we reframe that and say, I choose to, automatically we sit up straight and we feel more empowered. I've chosen to get up this morning and exercise. I've chosen that. We've made that choice. And that has a massive impact on keeping our habits. And like you said, keystone habits. Keystone habits are absolutely amazing because they spark a reaction. When I established my seven daily habits, and this is what got me through in the beginning of the perimenopause, was I would wake up at 5am, be able to be peacefully productive. I'd watch the sunrise, I'd meditate, I'd journal. That'd leave me up. I'd go and make my bed and I would do it like I was going to get marked on it. <laughs> you know, how we do one thing is how we do everything. You know, and then that'd lead me into exercise. And then I'd started eating healthier. And then I was drinking more water. And then you're, you're, you're looking about your mindfulness. So you're becoming kinder. You're becoming positive. And it's these habits we do every day. Mm. And then at the end of the night, it's how you started your morning. You end your day. You know, you start powering down. You become calmer. You give yourself that space to slow down, rest and repair. And then it, it's, it becomes a dance. It becomes a beautiful, beautiful dance. Mm. And that's how... That's how we retain a habit. And also, you know, our simple daily habits lead to success. When we choose the things we love to do and we enjoy doing them, but not only enjoy them, they leave us feeling energised, happy and wanting them to do more and we feel empowered, we no longer just want to do them for 30 days. We want to do them forever because mm. we like the feeling, we like the reward that we're getting. There is something about that, to go back to your dance analogy, you know, there is practice involved in that choreography yeah. and sequence yes. and repetition. And also with a sequence, you have a cue because yeah. one is a reminder to the next and the next. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing about journaling. When you start to recognize what those cues are, and where the habit fits in your life because of a transition of either one mood to the next or one mode or one demand. Journaling can also help you find that place. Yes. You know, having your anchors there, having things around your home that remind you why you're doing something. Mm -hmm. I used to have a post-it note on my fridge, a bright pink one, and it would just remind me to, to do something positive. So I walk into the kitchen and it would remind me well, something positive for myself or for whoever's around me at that moment in time to do something positive. So these triggers all the time, we need them. But like I say, that's the great thing about keystone habits. They become our automatic cues. 
because they roll on throughout our day. So, yeah, it's good. It's exciting. But do the small stuff. It's the small stuff. These, these great big habit changes are harder. Do them small daily and they build. What if someone has progressed quite well and then life sets them back and they maybe stop exercise or stop eating healthily, whatever it is for them that they're trying to work on? What advice have you got for people to get back into it? Okay, so for those who journal, I would say take a Sunday morning and reread over your journal and see where your changes happened. See what happened to stop you exercising. Was there something that happened in your environment, that something that happened in the world? If you don't journal, it's the same thing. Ask that question. What got in the way? What do I think stopped me from this momentum? And then ask yourself, why? Why did it stop? Was you bored with it? Do you not really want to do it anymore? And sometimes we just need to then peel back the layers and dig a little bit deeper and reevaluate. And sometimes it's about changing it up. I'm a great believer in changing exercise up and, and not doing the same thing all the time. What are your three life lessons? We've spoken about so many, but what would you like to leave the listeners with today? My three life lessons would be the first one, I would say Warren Buffett famously said, the best investment you can make is the one in yourself. So true. And it is a gift of time and space to embark on a beautiful journey of rediscovering yourself. Remembering who you are is incredibly powerful. Like we said at the beginning, when you can take the time to rediscover you, it opens up so much more. So that would be my one life lesson is gifting yourself that time to read a page in a book, to sit and listen to yourself quietly, to acknowledge your fears, your hopes, your dreams, and dare to take them too, because that's fun. And my second lesson would be to acknowledge, release, and grow. Now, acknowledge the good, the not so good, uh, release what no longer serves you, and use what does. Remember, happiness is an inside job. If something's not working for you and it doesn't make you happy, then let it go. I, I, I talk about a lot of this in my decluttering. You know, it's, it can be tough, but it's essential. It's essential for us to grow. We deadhead flowers so they can bloom again. By taking the, the old leaves off, they're not dying. They, we're giving them room to grow again, and that's exactly what we need to do by the acknowledging. And lastly, I would say you are the author of your story. You get to choose the chapter, how it plays out. You know, when I feel like I'm losing a grip on something, I don't have control over everything that happens around me, but I do have control on everything that happens to me. So it's, I get to choose my thoughts, my reactions, my emotions, my words, and it's powerful stuff. And uh, I go back to the serenity prayer. It's in the beginning of my journal, and it's the first thing I look at every day. And it's just one line out of it. And it's to grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm-hmm. I love that. So that, they would be my, my top three. Fantastic. Now, this wasn't on the, the list of questions, but what makes you feel over the bloody moon about life, Kate? 
There are so many things. And a decade ago, I don't think I could have given you one answer to that. I love working with women. I love seeing people remember who they are. And it is that. You can see, open up, they take that breath and they're like, I'm finding her. That makes me over the bloody moon. You know, it really is. It's priceless. It really is priceless. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for sharing so many pearls of wisdom with us. We are delighted that you are health coach advisor over the bloody moon. Remind everyone how they can get in touch with you and also what services you provide. So you can get in touch with me via the website, which is thepurposefullife.com or via email directly at kate at thepurposefullife.com. I'm also on Instagram at Health Life Coach. I currently offer a 12-week program for a journey of discovery and a four-week session block as well. And also for those who have already gone through coaching and need refresher, there is a one-off session as well. I will be releasing two courses this year online. One is Seven Daily Habits just building those keystone habits, building the foundation for a healthy, happy and purposeful life. And the other one is decluttering our life. And also coming soon is the guided journal, which is a journey of discovery. It's the, the tools and powerful exercises that can guide you on the beginning of your journey. Wonderful. Well, listen, thank you so much, Kate, for your time today. Oh, thank you, Leslie. Thank you for having me.